connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with uh, really an important topic that we all need to pay attention to. And my guest is is the expert to uh, explain why. He's an international businessman, and he's going to reveal Asian trade secrets that will explain why the future of America rests in made in America. He has, his name is Todd Lipscomb, and he has said, what happens to America when it can't borrow another dollar? <laughs> and obviously this is very timely today because Congress is in the process of debating the debt ceiling, and we are on the verge of not being able to borrow another dollar. So what's the solution? Todd is the author of Remade in the USA, How We Can Restore Jobs, Retool Manufacturing, and Compete with the World. And um, he, has, he, he puts his money or his uh, actions where his mouth is, and we'll hear more about what he's been doing to fix this. Todd, welcome to the show. It's great to be here today, Dr. Carroll. Now, I want to start is what you may what you presumably doesn't know don't know is that um I always put my guests on the couch first. You know? <laughs> That's why it's called Dr. Carol's Couch, not not just a joke. <laughs> and so because I find that um what's really most interesting in addition to of course the message and the passion and that you certainly have a ton of is how a person gets goes from being a little baby, <laughs> you know, going to kindergarten and winding up um, in the place that they that they have wound up in, and so um, because I think that I mean, first of all it's just really interesting, and second of all um, it explains and adds credibility to your message. You know how you what was your journey? How did you get to the place that you got? Because so many people. As I'm sure, as I'm sure you find out every day, um, don't get this message, aren't doing it enough, aren't buying American, don't realize how important it is to have that tag made in America, and instead just go to stores that, that where they can get, especially now, where they can get the cheapest goods, mm. despite the fact that these are often poisonous <laughs> or have yeah. other problems. Yes. So, um, so let's start off when you were a little baby. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. and how you, how you, you know, how you got to, to where you, where you are today in an hour. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's definitely a long story, but uh, as you probably can guess from 
my background. I've always been quite ambitious, quite hardworking and driven. And I was a, a rising executive for uh, an American tech company by the name of Western Digital. They had me living in Asia not once but twice. I did two stints working over there to do various roles. And the final one, I oversaw Asia finance. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in China and many other Asian countries. Uh, so it was uh, it was a wonderful learning experience for me in some ways, but uh, also left me, uh, you know, haunted for many reasons. Uh, namely, I, I had seen the conditions. Um, I got out away from the uh, pretty factories to show Steve Jobs and the Western media in Shenzhen across from Hong Kong, out farther to see the subcontractors where stuff is really made, Dr. Carroll. And if you get out there, you'll see that... Um, the conditions get worse and worse, and uh, finally, there's just no controls at all. I saw dirt floors, pollution spewing everywhere, mm. really dangerous conditions. And um, this is how uh, these retailers get these low, low prices. Mm. So and, just Can we just back up for a minute? What years were you there, and how many years altogether? A total of, of seven years in two different stints uh, in the... In the um, mid to late 90s, and then the second time in the early 2000 to 2002 time okay. frame. Then I came back to uh, uh, Western Digital's uh, headquarters in California and oversaw worldwide operating expenditures of $180 million a quarter for finance. So hmm. I was doing very well, and I was getting richer and richer. And uh, personally, though I saw my country getting poorer, and Dr. Keller, when I came back, I, 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 I was amazed to see how little was still made here anymore. I was kind of so focused on work in Asia and building this effort that um, when I got back, uh, it was a shock to see how much had been drained out in those few years of mm -hmm. our economy and, and what it meant to our future. Now, kept... Again, just a little more background. Western Digital makes... What does Western Digital Hard make? Drives, the computer memory unit. Um, in uh, almost all computers used today and uh, many other products uh, um, to like set-top boxes and other things use anything that needs a lot of storage uh, pretty much uses a hard drive and uh, so I has rose over the years to pretty high level I was just six offices down from the CEO by the time I resigned and uh, again I like I mentioned, I was, it was haunted by what I saw in Asia, by, the, for example, the people on the streets that are missing limbs and stuff mm. because of all the industrial accidents, you know, the kids eating out of garbage. And uh, once I was uh, touring a facility and I asked them, you know, what are those clouds? And it was a, um, it was a food processing facility, to, to make it a short answer. And I, um, yeah, I just like to tour factories, and they took me to see many. And so you I didn't said, just go to the factories that made these computer memory no, no, no. units. You were looking yes. at a whole bunch of different factories. As they, yes. As they came to trust me, um, they knew of my interest in, in the scene factories and generally history and, and um, development and business, of course. So, uh, you know, kind of as a way, little bit of a way to um, curry favor with me, I'd get to see other facilities mm. more and more. And um, so that that was... It was interesting, but in some ways disturbing. Again, the one I was just mentioning, I walked up. We were getting close to it, and I said to the people I was with, what are those clouds of smoke coming out of the windows? And when we got closer, I realized it wasn't smoke at all, but it was, it was millions of tiny flies. 
Oh, God, gross. This is in a, <laughs> in a yeah. food processing facility. Exactly. So, you know, uh, you know was, you, you, did you hear about the melamine in the pet food and stuff? Of course, you must have. Yes. Well, the melamine is a plastics chemical that was put into dairy products, not just for the animals, but for people, too, in China. It ended up in America, of course, in the pet food, but also to a small degree in products that had dairy uh, in it. But in China, it was quite widespread, even in the baby formula. And melamine was being put into dairy products to make them test higher for protein huh. on purpose. And it's just this kind of thing. It was, it was such a different um, way of looking at human life than we're used to here in the States. And but everybody was just disposable. It was just one big machine to make the country richer. Yes, exactly. See, Beijing's intent is to be the next superpower and they have a billion people, and there's just too many people, you know. And so the value of the human life is, is, is much lower in, mm. in their perception, I, I think. It's the easy way to explain it again. We could talk about this for days alone. And they're willing, Beijing, to pay any price to be that next power, uh, that elite. Uh, of course, the individuals, you know, uh, individuals there love their children just as, just as we do. There's no difference there. But there is a huge difference in the attitude of the government and the, the cultural attitude towards some of these uh, issues like uh, health and safety and, and, and life in general. And uh, in the meantime, I saw America growing more empathetic. And when I came back to the States, I, I was doing better and better in business-wise. And, but, you know, something was missing, and it was, it was disturbing to me. So uh, I remember when my daughter was born, I, I got married kind of late, Dr. Carroll, because of all the work I did. And you know, it was just my ambition and my, you know, wish to build my personal wealth. And I was holding my daughter, uh, she's five now, in my hands, looking in her eyes, and I was wondering if she would know the America I knew, you know, where we mm. didn't lock our doors and where the sky was the limit and anything was possible. And, you know, I knew I would always be okay because just the way I am, you know, uh, you know I can survive and I can make sure she's okay. But was she going to know this, this, this America that I loved? And, and I had to face my doubts then. So that put me over, uh, you know, uh, the edge, so to speak. And I thought to myself, you know, I can keep doing this corporate thing where I, you know, yes, I'm personally doing well, but I feel death's cold hand on my shoulder. Or I can make a real difference in my life and it, maybe in my family's life and, and maybe a little bit for my nation, too. I, I know it's an ambitious goal, but... Uh, I, I knew I could make a difference with the business skills I had learned over all these years, and, and I had the resources, so I didn't have that excuse. So I invested my own money and my own time, obviously, and created MadeInUSAForever.com, a, a resource for uh, you know all businesses still making things here in the United States out of American components. And then in the meantime, I also wrote Remade in the USA about my experiences and about why it's so important and how, so, how we can turn it around Wiley and Sons, uh, our nation's uh, oldest business book publisher, was kind enough to to publish that for me in April, and it's uh, available everywhere. And uh, that's certainly been a you know an amazing experience too. So anyway, I quit my role at Western Digital and uh, founded Made in USA Forever, and it's been just chaos ever since, but in a very good way. <laughs> well, and we'll talk more about the chaos, but. Um, <laughs> and, and about Made in the USA Forever. Mm-hmm. But let's go back. Um, sure. When you were in Asia and you right. were seeing all these atrocities, mm-hmm. 
did you tell your company? Did you ask them to do anything about it? Or Well, my or, company wasn't directly involved in those situations right. that, that was finding disturbing, thankfully, or would have forced me into a position of dealing with it quicker. Yeah. Uh, my uh, company's products are mainly manufactured by giant machines, you know, so there really isn't this opening for... Uh, you know, this subcontracting situation, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but many, many other things like textiles, clothing, uh, sports equipment, uh, you know, you name it, it is very wide open for this kind of production. And, well, you know, but I, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, who, there you were in Asia, right. and who did you, while you were, you know, going through all these experiences and feeling awful about it, about the people and about what <laughs> what they're putting into the products and all right. of that, um, who did you have to tell about this? You know, how, did you just keep it all inside? Did you did you have people there that you could tell, or people in the states that you were telling? What did you do with all that? Well, I shared it with my family and my my wife in particular, and some of my friends. But you know, most of my peers were more focused on the uh, making money and the internationalist uh, uh, kind of free trade movement. So. Mm-hmm. To them, they could shield themselves emotionally from the cost of, of mega marts, what low, low prices again, and how it, what it really costs to have that get here, and all the pollution and the, you know, and, and the human cost again, and so on. And, uh, you know, just keep getting, you know, more and more money for themselves. So, yeah, I mean, there's not like a support group or something that, at least that I, you know, but other than my family and my wife, who was very supportive in me, uh, you know, you, it's hard to imagine. I, I'm so blessed and thankful for that, that she was, uh, you know, I, I quit a job that was paying a lot. Yeah, she wasn't a gold digger, in other words. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, we need to take a break. We will come back with more of your really fascinating story. Todd Lipscomb is my guest. His book is Remade in the USA, How We Can Restore Jobs, Retool Manufacturing, and Compete with the World. And we'll get to the solutions after we first hear more about the problems. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Explore the power and beauty in yourself and in others. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you. Every week, Stacy Stern will connect you with men and women who are living and working from a place of passion. Stacy's guests include successful authors, filmmakers, actors, experts, and leaders. You'll hear what inspires each of them, and you'll be turned on to great films, books, and new media. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired very fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with international businessman Todd Lipscomb, who has um, seen the folly of his ways and the ways of many American companies who um, are are, uh, going for the greed and um, having products manufactured in other countries where labor is cheaper so that they can then make a killing in the American market, except that it is actually killing America. We're going to hear more um, from Todd. He's revealing Asian trade secrets and why the future of America rests in made in America. And we'll hear about uh, the company that he has developed to try to uh, stem this tide of all of our money going going to uh, foreign countries where these products are being made um, by cheaper labor than, than in the U- U.S., so um, before the break, I was commenting about how you were fortunate that your wife wasn't a gold digger so that you were able to um, quit that job and do something that was more fulfilling to your soul. Um, let, let's talk about, you know, part of the problem, I think, um, is that America, a lot of Americans have gotten desensitized because we've heard about it with various incidents about how, there's poor slave labor, and you know the products that we're buying are are built on the backs of these poor slave laborers and so on. And I think, especially with the recession, people have a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people have lost their compassion for that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm sure you deal with this every day. How do you deal? What do you tell people? Well, I mean, there's there's so many fallacies out there to start with Dr. Carol, and it's hard to pick one. But the, let's start with the fallacy of development. I mean, we're often told, and I believed it because I believe this stuff we were taught in college, when we're, when we're dealing with free trade, that we're developing other nations, and so we're, in theory, doing something good for them. But what I saw in Asia was that, um, yes, machinery and you know is placed in a, a location and some investment is made, but when wages or whatever costs get too high in that location, they'll simply tear up the machines and move them to a, another location. Huh. 
Yeah, for example, we can see in it right now in, along the border of, of Thailand and Myanmar, it used to be called Burma, um, there's a, a lot of political upheaval in, uh, in Myanmar because of the issues with the authoritarian government there. And so there's lots of people that have been fleeing that country and are living in camps on the Thai side of the border. Hmm. So as you can imagine, they're being exploited, and um, all sorts of garment factories have been set up, including those that make the vast majority of bras and other women's underwear and for the world. It's, hmm. um, and it's just out in the jungle, and this isn't development, and they're not building cities or, or you know, schools because of this. They've just thrown up these shanties, and uh, they're taking advantage of a very cheap labor pool. But when the situation finally calms down, they'll look for the next place, be that in Africa or wherever, where they can find, uh, you know, a desperate, uh, you know, workforce that isn't able to complain about injuries, isn't able to complain about ultra-low wages uh, or other exploitation. And so we, instead of, you know, making these people richer and allowing them to join the middle class and have a TV and so on, you know, we're just getting them enough to live so they can keep working. And, um, you know, in these kind of work camps, it's, it's horrific. And um, but, you know, but there are exceptions. That, but, but let me just interrupt you for a second. Isn't that, I mean, China, for example, um, yeah. has has developed a big, uh, an, a, uh, an increased number of people who are middle class or who can afford luxuries. I mean, that, what was that, the... the uh, the Great Mall of China, mm-hmm. for example, that just sprung up some years ago. Um, and yes, it, it didn't have as many people moving in, as many stores and so on moving in as they had thought at first. But but still, there is now a class of people who can afford that. Now, I guess those aren't the the bottom rung of the workers. Who are these? The the managers or the heads of the factories or? These are the um, government officials that are taking the bribes, often own part of the corporations locally, and, of course, the business owners. And, yes, you're right, some of the managers and some of the technical experts uh, uh, could do very well, too. It's not to say that there aren't people uh, doing better than their parents did in, in some of these instances, in some of these places. It's true, you're right. For now, they are. But a lot of that's based on uh, speculation for home values, not homes like we know, but sort of like giant condominium complexes. Though, frankly, I've, I've seen hundreds of towers in China, uh, you know, that have been built under this bubble that's going on that don't have anybody living in them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there, there is growth. And, um, and say, if we can say the top 1% in China is doing a lot better, that's still a lot of people. That's 10 million people. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a lot of Mercedes, a lot of BMW, whatever you'll see on the roads. Because, again, I mean, look at the numbers overall. So, but if we look at the people, the migrant workers, that's what have been in the news recently because there's been a number of, of uprisings and an amazing amount of social unrest considering the, that China is a police state and anyone who criticizes the government really does so at their own peril. You know, one of the things that I noticed when I was going to China is I used, when I would travel, you know, you, you don't just talk about business and whatever. You talk about things to get to know each other. So I'd like to talk about history and, uh, you know, uh, you know that kind of thing. And beliefs, just, you know, in a friendly way, just to bring somebody's, you know, personality out. 
But in China, they won't talk about these things. They'll, they'll talk about business. They'll talk about food and sports and women. But the, if you talk about politics or history at all, they start looking around nervously because mm-hmm. they know there's a very good chance they're being listened to, and they could go to jail. And that's a very serious jail, not the one that we have here. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been to China and Thailand and uh, Japan, and um, and I remember in China it was a very it was a very the hotel um, each floor of the hotel was policed. There was a, like a policeman at the end of the hall, um, and of course they were very careful. It was on I was on a tour, and it, they were very careful to not let you go. Wandering sure, <laughs> any place uh, other than you know where they were, where the tour guides could watch you, and in a very uh, under a very close leech, leash, and um, so yes, it was it was a very a very frightening feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, much more than their defense budget is their police budget. To be honest, if we looked at the numbers again, we could see that we're dealing with a country we really don't understand. And I mean, we kind of hope that they'll become. A democracy and free, but that's a long road, and uh, it's by no means guaranteed simply because we run this huge trade deficit with them. And we can also look at, uh, you know, the, the cost, too, of, of all of these products. Someone uh, asked me in an interview recently, well, if the Chinese are willing to make it below cost and, and use their currency manipulation to sell it below cost, shouldn't we just buy it? And I said to them, well, we're getting a little lower quality good, but we're also causing our factories to close and losing jobs and losing skills and losing our ability to become or to remain a superpower. And I I asked if that was a good deal, and, uh, you know, they didn't seem to think so. But we have to consider the big picture when we're just looking for cost because cost is uh, focused also on planned obsolescence at many of these retailers. That means a planned replacement where they want something to break rapidly, say, in a year so that people have to go back and buy it again. And one of the big fallacies in our culture today, I think, is that we think we're getting better prices at these big retailers, when in fact we're spending more over Mm. time because we're having to replace stuff more often. And this is much worse for the environment and certainly much worse for our economy when we're losing these factories. And it's definitely, uh, you know, a bad way to teach our children how to live. Well, yes, you know that's that's the thing. Um, I, I was actually it came up on this show um, recently that I was saying that I don't understand what people were thinking or they weren't thinking when, as well, I mean, you know, yes, the the people who owned companies and who were going to come to countries where it was cheaper labor. Right. Yes, they were making a ton of money. But why Why wasn't anyone realizing back 10 years ago, let's say, um, or you picked the, the year, um, uh, that this was bankrupting us, that this was driving us to the state that we're in now, where, where much less is made here and we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're going bankrupt? Well, I think we could look back to, say, 1973 with Nixon opening up the gates for China, and people still applaud him for that. But I think that uh, what he was working for was to uh, undermine the power of unions in its day, which was much, much stronger than it is today. And and that's when the trade deficit started to be an annual issue, was in 1973. Interestingly, that's also when the federal budget deficit 
uh, Dr. Carroll, uh, spiked too, because as this economic activity drained out of our um, economy, we lost the ability to tax it. And, and now look at us. I mean, this deficit isn't just about spending. It's because revenues are dropping. And look at all of the communities that are facing so many issues. Once these factories close and uh, they're unable to garner tax revenue and house values drop and sales tax revenue drops, they can't even pay for the pensions they promised, much less provide the services. And again, uh, it all comes down to short-term greed and long-term foolishness in my mind. You know, American companies used to remember they were American first, mm-hmm. but now they're just worried about this quarter's bonus. I saw it firsthand and, and, and not worried about their own customers' livelihood, which is, is, is pretty sad. Certainly the government's a lot at fault, too. There's no doubt there. I mean, Washington's acting like it's 1963 and that China's our trading partner like Canada, when in fact China intends to circumvent us as the next power and has a very long-term view and you know, and is just allowing us to to go down those wayside. But again, <laughs> yes, the, you know, yeah. I often think about how the Chinese and the terrorists, <laughs> two different two different parts of the world, but um, are are just like lying in wait and laughing at us, you know, <laughs> like at how stupid we are for all these things that we're doing, not realizing the danger of the threat of terrorism or the ongoing long term. And and just spending our money foolishly and not making anything here anymore and 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 uh, bankrupting ourselves and so that we're owing everything to China. I mean, it's yeah. like you know you don't have to be a genius to figure these things out. I'm not kidding. Oh, all right, we need to take another break. Um, we're my guest is Todd Lipscomb. He's the author of Remade in the USA, How We Can Restore Jobs, Retool Manufacturing, and Compete in the World, and we will hear his solutions for that. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ah, life is good. We don't need to worry about anything. We've got a rock-solid government to make sure all is well. 
Our dollar and financial future are strong and everything is going to be okay. Think again. We're in a financial crisis and our government and financial systems are failing. You need to prepare and protect yourself and your family. Tune in to the McHale Report with Karen McHale. Our program will tell you exactly what needs to be done right now. Listen every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And get set. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Todd Lipscomb. He is an international businessman. He's revealing Asian trade secrets and why the future of America rests in made in America in our buying things that are made in America. Um, this has been boggling my mind and bothering me that no one seems to be minding the store and realizing as the years have been passing, and you were saying since 1973 that, that should have been a wake-up call, um, many years have passed since then, and we keep... Uh, pouring more of our money into foreign countries with cheap labor mm-hmm. so that uh, companies can make immediate profits and not looking at the long-term problem. And we were just talking during the break, and Todd was telling me, I mean, it's not just that this is something in the past that's now being addressed by brighter minds, other than you, of course, <laughs> um, but it's it's happening just just still today. So tell us about, about um, the San Francisco Bridge. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Just in the news the last few days, this Oakland Bay Bridge in the San Francisco Bay, uh, between Oakland and, and the city of San Francisco, uh, is being built in China. And it's, it's costing a, a small fortune, as you can, well, a huge fortune, as you can imagine. And uh, they didn't even take American bids for it uh, because uh, they knew the cost would be too high in their minds. And so they didn't ask for federal money either. They simply... Uh, sold out to China, and it's being shipped over in giant boats uh, to San Francisco from China right now. As a matter of fact, it was in the New York Times a couple days ago, and is all over the news today, too. And uh, our governor at the time, uh, Schwarzenegger, went over to China and called them our workers making our bridge, and at the time they were making $9 a day. And um, I really wondered if he'd appreciate working for $9 a day, 12 hours a day. Um, but of course, there's no comment on that. So it's, it's a sad thing to see because the the uh, Golden Gate Bridge was uh, a symbol of America's uh, strength and ingenuity. But now we see that uh, California and San Francisco are just taking the cheap, easy way out, as, as so many companies and governments and uh, people too here do lately, unfortunately. So, um, so where is this bridge going to go? From where to where? It's from. Uh, it's 
uh, it's over the it's the Oakland Bay Bridge. It's being uh-huh. replaced because of uh, damage from the earthquake. Oh yeah, yeah right. So, it's, so it's, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, we're not talking about little toys now. They're actually making a whole bridge. How? And I gather shipping it here in in smaller parts. Yes, it's still in huge pieces, as you can imagine. But uh, yeah, and there's serious technical questions, but. You know, they believe they have, um, you know, the experts in place to inspect it and so on. But given what I've seen over there, um, I seriously, seriously wonder. I mean, they can't have people looking over each other's shoulder all the time to make sure every weld is okay. I bet in 10 years we're going to see serious quality problems with this bridge uh, much, much sooner than the Golden Gate Bridge ever faced. And, uh, you know, again, it comes down to cost. If we have accidents here, oh, well. Who do we sue in China? Mm. I've seen firsthand that, uh, you know, nobody's held accountable over there in the end, or very rarely. And if, if, if there's a lawsuit or something, often the companies there will simply disappear rather than pay the, the very modest amount they're supposed to. And, you know, it, it just goes on and on. I mean, these, these cargo container ships that we see bringing these goods into California, um, into Long Beach, for example, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, they create uh, a huge amount of pollution, and if the uh, bunker oil that they burn is the lowest grade and has 163 times the sulfur in them than diesel fuel. Hmm. So if you've ever wondered how they can economically still make that stuff over here and ship it over all the way here, hmm. it's, it's because of this ultra-low-grade oil hmm. that these huge ships are burning and polluting their way all, over, all the way over here. Some people feel here that, oh, well, if they're polluting their own country, it's not my problem. But actually, it is just one Earth, and uh, these cargo container ships just pull right into our harbors. Mm-hmm. And then again, the chemicals are in the products themselves. We saw with the drywall in Florida and other nations, uh, you know, the dangerous toxins coming out of the drywall. Um, that is just the tip of the iceberg there. It came out in Florida first because of the humid conditions. Mm. But uh, I think it's going to be a national issue before it's done. And, uh, you know, it, it just goes on and on. The lead in the paint for the toys was caused 83 million toys to be recalled. None of those were American-made toys. And, yes, there are American-made toys. Eighty uh, percent of them were Chinese toys. And then the, uh, the chairman of, of Mattel, the huge toy maker, uh, actually, they're not really a toy maker anymore. They're more of a toy designer. <laughs> yeah. Then they had someone in China make it. He flew over and apologized to Chinese government officials when that happened. Huh. Um, you know, because of their loss of face. Well, wouldn't it have been better if they, you know, had just produced toys that were safe in the first place? Oh, God. And, hmm. you know, we see all this going on, yet no one's testing the products at the border or at our ports. And uh, it's very disappointing to see how this has is, is grown into... Uh, such a bizarre issue. You talked about our government, and you know, uh, Walmart two weeks ago sent lobbyists in to see all 100 senators uh, to lobby for the Korean free trade deal, even though everyone agrees that this uh, deal with Korea will cost 160,000 manufacturing jobs here in the state. Huh. And yes, we'll gain some agricultural jobs, but they're, they're seasonal and they're lower paying. So wouldn't it be better to see if there's a net benefit to the United States rather than just pass these things? Well, we've been working hard and, you know, encouraging people to contact their senators and representatives to oppose this free trade deal. And I, I'm pleased to see that there is some uh, resistance in both parties to it. But also on the other side of the coin, I mean, there's a lot of money going around 
especially from the big retailers, lobbying for this kind of of thing. That's uh, mm. not only were they lobbying for the free trade deal, but Walmart was lobbying. It. And again, this is right out of the Wall Street Journal for one billion dollars to be added to our budget deficit to get these people welfare and to get them retrained for for what we don't know. But so they're actually in effect in their lobbying for a subsidy for themselves. Wait, wait, wait. To get which people retrained? The 160,000 workers that oh, lose their jobs. From yeah. Them. So, yeah, they, Walmart wants a little bit lower price. They want to get this, these goods from Korea. So they, uh, you know, rather than pay American workers to do it, they want to have the free trade deal go through. They're lobbying to get the federal government subsidizing, you know, in effect, all of us subsidizing uh, these uh, you know, welfare payments to these poor people who are going to lose their jobs. I see, I see. Yes, I see what you're saying. Yes, it's, it's, it's all a vicious cycle. It's, okay, so tell us some of the solutions that you have in your book. How can we restore jobs and become, retool manufacturing and so on? Absolutely, Dr. Carroll. You know, I must sound like a, a pessimist. And I... No, no, I'm glad that you're, I mean, you know, and I know that these are just the tip of the iceberg, that, mm-hmm. you know, these are real horror stories in so many different ways, and people do need to recognize this. It's not just about being able to go to Target or Walmart and get something cheap. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think, firstly, we have to hold our government, um, the federal government, state government, and even city government a lot more accountable towards um, this, these issues and and what it means to our future. I mean, our, our senators and representatives, they're either part of the solution or they're part of the problem. And we haven't faced an issue like this really since World War II, in my mind, a, a challenge to our future, a challenge to democracy even, in our uh, not just being a superpower, but our, our standard of living and our leadership in the world and, and, and beyond. If we keep going like this, we're facing a, a future much like Greece is facing today. And we don't have a Germany to bail us out. Mm. So uh, we have to act, and government's got to wake up and understand that, um, yet, yes, maybe tariffs aren't the answer, but other nations already have something like a tariff in place. For example, with Korea, if you buy an American car in Korea, the IRS in Korea almost always audits your taxes. Mm. So, yes, it's not a, like a 20% tariff, but it's an emotional and, and, and troublesome tariff. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. It's a geeky tariff that we don't have. I mean, who would buy a Hyundai or a Kia here if you were going to get audited? Yes. So we've got to understand that it's not a fair playing field. We need to make China, you know, allow their currency to float, this 40% uh, currency undervaluation that they use to support their manufacturing is, in effect, a massive uh, uh, tariff. And again, if we've got to hold them to basic standards on the environment, worker safety, and so on. If we just had that, I believe from seeing, well, actually I've seen the real numbers, we could make up for the wage difference, Dr. Carroll, up to about $30 an hour, including benefits here in the States, and still beat them because we have excellent workers. We have innovation. We are close to the market. And, you know, in many ways, American companies are the best if we just focus on what makes us do things better rather than just give up the ghost. Now, businesses also have to change, honestly. American businesses, you know, it's sort of kind of cool to be internationalists, but it seems like they only remember they're American when they need a bailout. And I saw that firsthand from the inside, too. We have to push American businesses to remember that they're American first and that Americans are their main consumers 
And if they don't remember that, we're going to shop somewhere else. And that leads me to the most important factor of all. We are the biggest consuming market in the world by far still, at least for the near future. Um, we have the choice. Every time we buy something, do we just walk in and buy what that big retailer's doled out for us to buy? Or do we make an intelligent choice and do a little bit of research? Go to an independent store. Shop online. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Well, I... <laughs> We need to take another break. This hour is going so quickly. My guest is Todd Lipscomb. His book is Remade in the USA. We need to take a break. We'll be back. Uh, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at one 866 472 5787 1-866-472-5787 That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, uh, with my guest, Todd Lipscomb, the author of Remade in the USA, How We Can Restore Jobs, Retool Manufacturing, and Compete with the World. Um, and he is, as I said at the beginning of the show, he is walking his talk 
um, putting his money where his mouth is and um, doing something about his passion, leaving his lucrative job and uh, and recognizing that um, that if if we don't do something about to make America strong again by restoring these jobs here, um, that in fact there won't be in America, or at least not the kind that uh, that he grew up in, for his children. Mm-hmm. And we all should be thinking about that. You know, it's just like with uh, global warming mm-hmm. that um, people are are thinking short term. Well, you know, I don't want to bother with these. It's a pain to to go green, and I don't want to have to bother with it. Uh, but they're not thinking about. They don't seem to be caring about what kind of world they're leaving for their children and grandchildren. Um, so, so Todd has um, done something and uh, created MadeInUSAForever.com. MadeInUSAForever.com, and tell us about that. How you how you came up with it? How you developed it? Well, Dr. Carroll, I. I mentioned I was holding my daughter in my arms, and I thought, you know, what can I do? How can I make a difference? You know, and what if, what if I could create a mechanism for ethical shopping? You know, what if I could protect and even assist small American businesses all over our nation? And I said, oh, what the heck? You know, so I... I, I quit my role, as I mentioned, and I invested a significant amount of my own resources and time into uh, creating MadeInUSAForever.com. We have almost 450, almost, I'd say 95% of them are small family-owned businesses hmm. that have products listed from all over the country that are not just assembled in the United States, but are made here. It has to be really made here. The cotton has to be grown here and so on, every step of the process so that uh, we can support as many American jobs as possible. And um, so far, so good. It's, it's very exciting. The growth has been amazing. And I've been really impressed with the, the media attention to it. Uh, and so many really cool folks from every kind of background have been, been contacting us. And uh, we've been able to inject very large amounts of money into some uh, of these small vendors. And this, this isn't communism. We're buying everything from them at a fair market price where they can then turn around and pay their American workers a living wage. Oh, Imagine so you mean that. You, you buy the products from these um, yeah. companies? Well, the vast majority of people that use the, uh, the website use it to do research, and that is cool. That's awesome. So, but if you'd like to buy what you're looking at, absolutely you can. And you might be able to find a better deal somewhere else, honestly. But if you want to, you can buy it right on there, and then either we'll ship it from a facility in California or the makers will ship it right to them, and they can put either way the money, a big chunk of the money ends up right with that small manufacturer. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah. And, so. you, and there are all kinds of products um, and sales of the week and gift certificates and, and clothes for men and women and skin, face, and hair care, toys, games, foods, and drinks, all kinds of things. Um, and, and what I noticed that was interesting was that you have – um, product submission, so people can, if they are, if if their product is made here completely, um, they can fill out a form and and um, have you decide whether you want to carry their product or not. Absolutely, yeah. There's no cost for them to join. Actually, it's all net positive. It's it's free for them to join, but then they get revenue from it. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> <laughs> what a concept! <laughs> yeah, exactly, and. 
these are the kind of small businesses that care about their workers. You know, maybe they've known them for many years. You know, maybe they're a new startup. It doesn't matter. It just has to be made here of American content and be safe and be cool. And, you know, we're adding new companies all the time, Dr. Carroll. So it's, you know, death's cold hands not on my shoulder anymore. I'm working harder than ever, but it's so invigorating every day to, uh, you know, meet these kind of suppliers and these kind of customers. And, boy, there's challenges, let me tell you, but it's the right kind of challenge because, you know, we're doing a lot of good, believe it or not. <laughs> yes, well, of course. I mean, I believe it. Um, yeah. and, and so you're fine. When did this actually start? Well, we're going on four years now, but it's it's just growing exponentially. And so, and uh, both in terms of the companies that are bringing their products to you, and also in terms of the people who are shopping on your site. Absolutely. Well, that's fabulous. Do you um, do you go around to places too? Is it all from the website, or do you, I don't know, show up at um, at different fairs or? You know, I've been tempted to uh, see what we should do, maybe look at opening kiosks in, in mm-hmm. a number of malls or something. But right now we've got all we can handle with the <laughs> Internet. And, uh, you know, I do a number of radio interviews like you've been so kind to allow. And, uh, you know, basically that's 24 hours <laughs> gone right there every day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it's growing. It's building on itself. Uh, you know, so many small businesses have come to us that we've been able to you know, as I said, you know, buy their products, and uh, you know, something needs going on. Yes, and it's a big tide to have to stem. So the more people who can find out about this and mm-hmm. and shop American, the better it will be. I mean, especially now, as I was saying at the beginning, with the with uh, Congress dealing with um, sure the the debt ceiling. I mean, here we are. <laughs> You know, and, and and then the average person looks at this that Congress can't even you know pay their bills. I know. And then uh, you know, and then somehow Uncle Sam expects us to be able to not only pay our bills but pay taxes, higher taxes. So, um, so yeah. it's a real problem on every level, on the from the personal level to the to the whole country. Mm-hmm. And we really have to start um, doing something to turn this around. And obviously, this is the way to uh, to start our company. Working again, manufacturing again, and you know, as a psychiatrist, also of course, there's there's a whole there's been a whole psychological fallout when people don't have a job, um, their yeah. self worth goes down, yeah, oh. and um, and they get depressed, and then they sure. you know abuse drugs or alcohol or other addictions, or they get divorced, or they abuse their spouse and their or their children, or you know, I, I mean, things just go down the tubes in so yeah. many different ways. And, um, you know, I think part of it, to be honest, I think part of it has come from, um, in some cases, people thinking, feeling that what they were doing as a factory worker, let's say, wasn't good enough or, you know, and that the media is to blame for all of that, making it seem like, uh, you know, only being a Hollywood star is glamorous enough. Um, So, I mean, I think there's some of that, too, that before we got, into this really bad state, some people weren't appreciating the jobs that they had at the time. That's, yeah, you're, you're not kidding. I mean, but now look where we've moved to. I mean, my goodness, there's huge swaths of our, our society that are, you know, that don't have a, a reason to kind of buy into our culture anymore. Yes. Because there's just not good jobs out there available. And it's a sad thing. I mean, yeah, maybe they can flip burgers or pour coffee or something. But uh, that's not a creating job that where, where people had pride 
And we need to go back to that in my mind. And we still can, and we, we are. Yes. Well, let me um, tell everyone again the name of your website where you can buy over 2,600 products all made in the USA is called madeinusaforever.com. And um, Todd's book, again, is called Remade in the USA, How We Can Restore Jobs, Retool Manufacturing, and Compete with the, wor- compete with the World. Um, yes, because <laughs> very... It's very scary to see, uh, you know, <laughs> Rome. Um, we're fiddling while Rome is burning, <laughs> and and the U.S. <laughs> uh, the next Rome. So thank you very much, Todd, for joining us again. That was Todd Lipscomb. His website is madeinusaforever.com. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.